Hello, Kristen here. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you that the antidote is a thing that's happening. It's a series of monthly gatherings that will help you return to your body and your being over and over again in the face of, you know, 2024, election insanity, climate change, global wars, your own personal stuff, other stuff. It's crazy out there. And it's easy to abandon yourself and freak out. The antidote is for bringing you home to yourself so that you can be safe in your being even when the world outside of you feels objectively unsafe. And because everybody's marketing at you and there's no reason for you to believe me, you can head to jointheantidote.com to grab a free recording of the first session that happened this week so you can feel it instead of thinking about it to see if it's a good match for you. That is jointheantidote.com. Scroll all the way down and you will see a place to pop your email address in and grab the recording. Boy, Hello and welcome to Structure That Doesn't Suck, part five. This one is called Parameters in the Big Container. And I've been putting this one off. It's been written for a while. I think just because I, uh, it's the last one of the year and that always has a little bit of extra weight and a little bit of like, oh, is this the last thing I want to say? Ah, the pressure. Um, so I'm going to ignore that and we're going to press on. I am Kristen Kelp, and if this is the first time that you're listening, please don't. Please go back to the beginning of the Structure That Doesn't Suck series um, so you can get all the benefits of it. I've spent a lot of time and energy and attention trying my best to make this as short as humanly possible while getting the message that I want you to get. It's been a lot of uh, effort, and listening to number five is like you'll just be lost and it won't do you any good. Otherwise, from other peeps... Um, you are going to want to grab a notebook and a writing implement, not your laptop, not a workbook, just anything that is paper and an actual pen or pencil or marker or Sharpie or colored pencil or whatever you choose. Um, This is a scribble episode, which means that I have more questions than answers. I don't ever think that I know exactly what you need, but I do think that if I ask the right questions, we can get you closer to what you need. Um, We can wade through overwhelm and we can find some tangible answers and also some parameters. Um, And before we begin, it is this whole thing is meant to make you feel hopeful about your future. So if at any point during this episode you find your asshole, excuse me, your asshole brain shouting hateful commentary at you or saying that you can't do this or that this is stupid to even try or, you know, asshole brain, whatever asshole brain says, um, please come back to the place where you are well where your next step is entirely doable. Because often when we begin to look at, okay, what's happening in three, six months, a year, it gets overwhelming. The next step is usually something really simple, like publish that article or ask that person for help. So remember that it's only one step at a time that will get you there. And in general, when you don't believe that you are capable of completing the task before you, 
I do. Um, so if you need to lean on my belief that you can do this and get through this and find something really interesting and lovely and worthwhile to do, um, please do so. Please use all of my love and support uh, as you see fit. So once you know what your next important thing is, and that is uh, the structure that doesn't suck part four sort of recap, um, it's your job to bring it to life. And that seems um, overwhelming. So part of you is like, well, I'll just buy like a class or like 17 classes um, and that I'll learn to do the thing better before I start doing it for real. Or you decide to finish up all those pressing tasks like organizing your pencils and learning to knit (laughs) before you add any part of your project to the calendar. Um, That is completely normal and I'm not shaming you. You will be tempted to push your next most important thing to a vague but ever-present later. This, the final episode of the Structure That Doesn't Suck series, is all about bringing your important work into the right now of your life. And if you're listening to this in December, right now can also be January or February. This is not like, and get it done before Christmas. I'm not that. Not a pressurey thing. Uh, I'm going to use the example of the softness sessions to walk you through how I went from this really nebulous, to an actual course that opened this year and that opens again in March of 2020. Um, Hopefully you can use this framework to support any of your big important work or ideas. So we're talking classes, workshops, um, photo shoots or projects, books, magazines, videos, coaching packages, therapies, you name it. Uh, We're going to take a thing that is currently in the ether and we're going to pull it into some form of the physical world together. Uh, parameters actively create a container for your work. Lunas uh, are plagued by nebulous, undefined, unclear, ever-shifting, and broadening work. Uh, For Luna, this is about pinning down details and choosing a way forward from a web of infinite possibilities. I am very aware of this. Like, what will be the title of your next book? There are an infinite number of possibilities, right? And so when we begin to narrow it, it's incredibly difficult. It can be tricky, but it's not impossible. This is about aligning what you can see in your mind's eye with what you can produce in the physical world. Because I can see, you know, sold out arenas for your next project, but that might not be the place to start. In fact, arena tours are never the place to start. Um, So we have to also, as we bring it in, probably change its scope in some way. Hermione's are plagued by safe, sturdy, reliable, secretly bores you to tears work. For Hermione, this is about taking risks and trying on new ways of being in the world. It's about lining what you feel with what you do every day, not trying to separate the two and then paper over the disparities with busyness. Um, So those are very different problems. Um, And if you identify as like, I don't know, both, then you just have like safe, sturdy, reliable work and ideas that are way bigger than you can imagine bringing to life. And you're just like, I can't do it. And you sit down and cry. I have done that many a time. Do not despair. This is what we're going to do. Questions and answers form the most basic level of your next most important things structure. Again, using an example because it's easier for me to go first. It's uh, Nadia Boltz-Weber calls it, fuck it, I'll go first leadership. And then it's up to you to do it. 
When I was making the softness sessions, I knew I wanted to combine breath work with the hardest life lessons I've ever learned in an approachable way. I knew I wanted the course to include audio lessons that are completely portable and reusable, and I wanted to actively dance between using words and using wordlessness throughout the program. It was important to me that those who take the class walk away with an increased knowledge of their own interiors, not just listen to blah, blah, blah on my end. Like, I don't want to be your guru. I want to be like, here's a thing I learned. Go see if that works for you. Um, I didn't have any idea how the physical world form of the softness sessions would take place. And if you're like, tell me about not having an idea. I mean that I scribbled for a good six months. Like, it'll look like this. It'll look like this. And then the question I would write in the center was, what structure does it take? And it did not come to me right away. So if, you, if these don't come to you right away, that's okay. But there's also a place for just give an answer and see how it feels. And any answer will begin to help you shape this. So I started asking questions. How long would the course last? It was originally nine elements and eventually it was six. Six weeks felt really good. Six months felt like, oh God, that'll drag on forever. Six weeks felt like that is doable. Uh, where would I host it? I looked into a new publishing system that would include creating new infrastructure and uploads and downloads and logins and blah. Uh, but I decided to use a system that I already had in place, which is teachable if you're curious. How would it be delivered? via weekly email sent on Thursday. So I would have everything loaded, publish on Thursday, send an email to the published thing, ba-boom, done. How long would each session last? Um, time was really important to me here because without a parameter of some kind, I could have easily made 17 three-hour classes that no one had the fortitude to finish. It would just be me, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so I decided the teaching portion would last for under 30 minutes and then the, the breathing session would be up to half an hour so that each session would be under an hour. You could lie down, press play, and finish and recover in under an hour. That was really important to me. And then finally, when did the course take place? It took place earlier this year, and uh, we start the next one on March 19th, 2020. You can sign up at thesoft.space. With a few questions, we went from a nebulous beginner course for breathwork to a six-week class with one-hour sessions hosted on my teaching platform and delivered on Thursdays via email. Now, those questions took a while to answer, but I want you to see how that, that structure is like, okay, I can be as free as I would like within that structure. Physical world decisions make a container in which your creativity can flourish. Infinite possibilities are overwhelming. If you've ever been to a bakery and stared at the display case in gooey-eyed wonder, unable to pick a single thing, you know the overwhelm is real. And that's a bakery. That's not your work. Physical world parameters create a way forward when you can see only choices, choices, and more choices. If I'm like oatmeal, raisin, or chocolate chip, you automatically have an answer, right? But if I'm like just walking in the bakery and roll around looking at everything, it becomes incredibly difficult to make choices. So what we're trying to do is to give you just a touch of oatmeal, raisin, or chocolate chip. Really simple questions. 
Um, let's draw out some physical world characteristics and use your instincts to answer the questions. There are no right or wrong answers here. There are only answered and unanswered questions. So you get points. It's like a very kind teacher who, give you, who gives you points just for answering the questions. It doesn't even matter what they say, okay? So you are going to pause when I ask a question, scribble, unpause, write again. And when in doubt, this is really important, make it smaller instead of larger to prevent scope creep. So what I mean by that is uh, people will come to me with their idea and it will be like, okay, it's three people in a living room. And then like three jumps away uh, because they've been paying attention to so-and-so's podcast, generally a white cis het dude who makes seven figures a year. They want to do a thing for 3,000 people. And the trouble is not the 3,000 people. The trouble is... You don't have any experience doing it for three people. And now you're going to have to focus on the costs, logistics, payments, and just general organization of 3,000 people. That's going to destroy the work because the heart of the thing happens with those three people. And once you know the heart of the thing, you can spread it as much as you'd like. Same thing goes for like five paintings in an art show instead of 50. 10 new clients instead of 200. Uh, it's not about making your work smaller or your dreams smaller. It's about when you're introducing a new thing, there's no guarantee that you will like it or enjoy it. It's just lived in your mind. And so if you open up 200 spots, you've just made like a year long commitment to doing this thing that you may or may not enjoy. And I wanna prevent that. First, Remind yourself of your next most important thing. And remember that it's one, there's no plural here. I want you to take a moment to feel it within you because it doesn't exist anywhere else except within you right now. How does this project, this next most important thing, want to feel? Now, obviously the softness sessions were really adamant about softness and that's actually very difficult for me to do. So. If you can get yourself a word for how it wants to feel and then orient every part of the process toward feeling that way, you will be a much happier person even if you don't actually bring this into the world until 2027. You let the whole thing feel the way that you want it to feel and you will be so much happier. And that is basically a variation on Daniel Laporte's desire map. Like the journey has to feel the way you want the destination to feel. And then we're going to go super practical. So pause as necessary. Get out your, uh, your pen, pencil, whatever, and let's do this thing. Uh, the first question, how will this be defined? Is it weeks, months, modules, hours, pieces, packages, uh, other? Um, what is the defining unit for this? Now, for the softness sessions, it was weeks, and each week had a session. Um, that's that's really helpful to have some sort of unit like if you're making paintings a painting is a unit if you are making uh, words words are units so you have to do like 55 1000 word days in order to have a rough draft of a novel how many of the defining unit will be used for example six weeks three modules two hours eight pieces um, that parameter seems really easy, but give yourself some time here. How many of the defining unit will be used? How many people, if any, can participate in the first project? Three people, 30 people, 300 people. 
it's completely up to you as long as you don't have that scope creep happening. And if you've been teaching workshops for a long time and you've been keeping yourself small, ignore that completely. Go a little bigger. But if this is entirely new, entirely uncharted territory, generally the smaller the better. Because you make small tweaks and you mess up and you then make a little bigger and you mess up. You don't just have this colossal sort of ticking failure time bomb happening. And I mean that in the most loving way possible. I'm only speaking from my own experience. Uh, and I'm not trying to judge you. I'm just trying to... I've seen this so many times at the scope creep of I want to do this one-on-one with five people can very easily become and then I'll take 50 people on um, and you do it without even realizing it but it at five people it has a lot of life and a lot of joy and a lot of play and at 50 it's much bigger and more daunting and I want you to start um, at the most joyful place possible. What is the single most important daily activity you'll have to complete to make this happen? So for the softness sessions, for me, that was I'm going to have to write. This is eventually going to be a book. And then I'm going to have to record these uh, breathwork sessions. So it was writing, recording, writing, recording. That was my rhythm for a bunch of days. What is the single most important daily activity you'll have to complete to make this happen? I'm not talking about marketing. This is physical world. The project needs to come to life. Marketing is not yet in play. What's that activity? What is the smallest, simplest, feasible version of the thing? For example, the living room tour, not the multi-continent arena tour. Smallest, simplest, feasible version of the thing. What is the cheapest, most fun way this could come to light? And if you get really clear, like, this has a $0 budget, what will I do? You'd be like, well, I could have it in Joey's, uh, my friend Joey's living room, and we could invite, like, three people over, and it could be a potluck, and it could, they're, generally, that's just stretching your muscles of, I don't have to pay for all of this. What is the cheapest, most fun way this could come to light? Which resources already at your disposal could be used to make this happen? What is in the basement that's like, oh, yep, I could use that. When will the next most important thing take place? And if it's going to take more than a year, when will the first phase of the next most important thing take place? And with those questions, I want you to pause and just write a single paragraph that sums up what you're making with the units that you're making it in and by when. And if you're like, Kristen, that's impossible, just give it, just give it a shot. You're building a reaching into the future muscle and it gets easier with time, but you have to keep trying at it. And then we're gonna get even more specific, keeping in mind that it is okay to not know. You're gonna scribble the first answer that comes to mind and remember your asshole brain is not welcome here. And remember, I'm going to read these and you pause as necessary. What is the tippy top most general thing that has to happen in order for this project to take place? Again, I'm asking this question a lot of ways so that you get it. It's writing if you're making a book. It's sewing if you're making fabric works. It's painting if you're making paint, or making paintings. Whatever it is, there's a basic unit of actual work that happens. What is that thing that happens? 
which people can you ask for help, guidance, assistance, or advice about this particular project? So these might be colleagues, they might be friends, they might be people you knew in the past, uh, old professors, new professors, old teachers, new teachers, um, lots of places to look. Which people can you ask for help, guidance, assistance, or advice so you can clear your physical world obligations for long enough to complete this project? Um, and those can just be your most dreaded ones. Like, can you just get a laundry service for six weeks? Um, there's often a very physical world solution to this thing that you dread the very most. And then what is a very, very low price for this thing? And this is all speculation. I'm not making you commit to anything. What's a very, very low price for this thing? What is a very, very high price for this thing? And this is your thing. This is not comparing it to anyone else's. This is, if you had to guess, you'd be like, okay, $4 low, $40 high, or $400 low, $4,000 high. Just getting an idea of it. And then what in your estimation is a fair price for this thing? Remembering that it hasn't been made yet, it doesn't exist in the physical world, and so who knows if this is where it will end up, but we want to get an idea. My mindset when I'm making a $100 product is different than when, than when I'm making a $1,000 product or a multi-thousand dollar product. So having a fair price indicates how much, high, how much touch happens, um, like high touch or low touch with a group of people. It determines um, how many spots I'll have. It determines how much I need to depend on it in my calendar. Um, it's really helpful to have an idea of pricing, even if it changes later. Which person or group of people will help keep you from getting caught up in perfectionism, procrastination, or both? Now, if you've got a business coach, that's the person. Uh, otherwise, perfectionism, Hermione's, who's your person who will help you say, just fucking do it, just keep shipping. Uh, and if it's procrastination, who will help you be like, okay, on Tuesday at two, if I don't see a finished piece of writing from you, I'm going to be very upset. And then when will this be completed? We need a date and time on the calendar, even if it's tentative, even if it changes, that is a physical world symptom of, okay, this is happening. Like there's a date and a time I have to make this happen. Um, and then when will this be released to the general public if applicable? If this is a personal project, no need. If it's a professional project, when will it be available for everyone else? Which is different from when it will be completed, by the way. So we're gonna put the date and the time on the calendar. And then you're gonna pause and write another paragraph that summarizes what you're making and what you have learned before you continue. Because I'm making you pull on your resources. This person can help, these people can help, these people can do laundry, um, this will be the price, this will be, these are all questions that can be overwhelming, but you're basically making a blueprint for future you to refer back to. So this isn't about, it has to stay this way. This is about, okay, this is the draft. And once I have a draft, editing is much easier. This is the gift of structure, is that rough drafts make everything easier in the future. Okay, so that was part one. That was the easy part. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Because um, what we're gonna do now is tackle your beliefs. So you're gonna to wanna to skip this part, it's gonna seem silly and hippie woo bullshit, bullshit. 
to consider these possibilities. Please do not skip this part. We are making a roadmap for your future self to refer to when the going seems tough, rough, or impossible. So these are deeper questions about no matter which project you're working on, these are the beliefs that are likely to come up. So these you only have to do once and they'll generally apply to much of what you are doing. So for example, where are your beliefs about scalability likely to trip you up? I.e. this as it is, is not enough. This is not big enough. This is not good enough. So I'll just add blank and blank and blank and blank and blank. I'll add a bigger sales page. I'll add more calls. I'll add more photos. I'll add more words. I'll add more uh, stories, more um, scalability, meaning that you just keep adding more and more and more and more and more and that you want to sell it to more and more and more and more and more people, which is not bad in and of itself. But generally when a project is new to the world, the first step is not sell 43 million of it. <laughs> like people are calling Lizzo an overnight success and she's like, hold the phone. I've been touring for eight years. So let's be clear that step one is not just be a Lizzo and have the number one best selling album of 2019. First, there are the eight years of doing the same thing over and over and over and over. Where are your beliefs about passive income likely to mess with you? And if you're not doing something for business, skip the question. Um, but for one of the predominant feelings right now around passive income is I could do this course I've never done before live, or I could do it online and make the big bucks with no effort because cis, white, het, male podcast gurus say it's the best way. Are you likely to fall for that trap? And in what way are you likely to fall for that trap? Uh, in general, if you're going to do a course, teaching it live, in person, breathing air with the same people is ideal before you try to put it online. And passive income is often not very passive, just as an FYI. Uh, where are your beliefs about what's possible likely to take you down? So if you don't believe that you can get paid for it, then it becomes much harder to get paid for it. So if the thought is, I could never get paid for that, the odds of it going to market are much smaller than if you're like, well, I could get paid for that. Let's just see. So the game is, instead of making these definitive statements, just, well, let's see. And again, if that's, I'm going too fast because I'm all excited, where are your beliefs about what's possible likely to take you down? So if you don't believe that you can get a speaking gig, you're much less likely to ask for it, right? It's just that, it's that simple. If you decide that you're a worthless human being that no one loves or cares about, ergo, you'll act that way. It can come to fruition in weird ways. So this is about um, knowing what's likely to take you down and how. Which parts of this project are you likely to overthink or overcomplicate? So overthink, meaning it feels like it should be this. And that is very great until you decide, well, it could be this and this and this and this. And you start to second guess yourself. Or overcomplicate, meaning it wants to be this. It wants to be a single color on a single sheet of paper. And you're like, well, but that's not enough. I have to make, eh, it's like five, six, seven, 12, okay, 14 colors tops. Which parts of the project are you likely to overthink or overcomplicate? Which parts are you likely to ignore because they're uncomfortable or difficult? Um, so for me and the softness sessions, audio editing came very last. 
because that was the part that was like, okay, there are moving pieces here and it's this part and this part and this part goes with this, with this music underneath, and right? What do you know in advance is the hard part? Is it creating? Is it editing? Is it um, talking to others? Is it making asks of people? Is it getting help? Is it getting opinions? Is it integrating feedback? What is it that you are likely to ignore because it's uncomfortable or difficult? And the goal, of course, is to not ignore it because it's on your radar. Uh, And then um, if you're a Hermione, where are you likely to get hung up in perfectionism? Um, I once had uh, a person that I was talking to who hadn't launched a website for like, and it's six months late because the font wasn't just right. (laughs) It's like a font problem is not a problem. It's just not. And he was like, it is. And I was like, it's not. It's not. If people don't buy it because the font is close but not precise, and that's the reason they don't buy the program, you have failed. And then Luna's, where are you likely to get hung up in procrastination? And mm, I know that's important, but I'll do that later. I'll put that off. At, like, And can you have someone help you with deadlines? If they, you want that person to be me, cool, kristenkelp.com slash tap. Those spots open in January. But just generally, where can you sort of build in buffers against procrastination? And where can you build in buffers against perfectionism? Doing this groundwork ahead of time is so, so helpful. And nobody does this. Nobody encourages you to do this. Nobody encourages you to be self-aware. They're just like, make a goal, get the goal, hit the goal, stick to the goal. And the truth is, these beliefs will fuck with you. And when you are aware of it, you can just be like, oh, yes, this question. Yeah, I'm overthinking this. I'm overcomplicating this. I'm avoiding it because it's difficult. I'm procrastinating. I'm trying to make this into passive income, and it's not. I'm trying to make this bigger and it doesn't want to be bigger. This is extraordinarily helpful stuff for your future self. These are the most important questions you can ask about a project. You've basically just outlined the demons that you'll be facing as you bring it to light. And I promise your future self thanks you for making this list. I promise. Um... And finally, as we round this series out, we're going to take time to add pertinent basics to the calendar. So multiple times I've asked you, what is the daily task that you have to complete for this thing to happen? This is a bare minimum type task. It's like writing 200 words or editing for 20 minutes or asking a person to participate or to help. I want you to use your self-knowledge to create a doable make-it-happen calendar that allows for making, marketing, and completing the project with the help of your bare minimum task. A bare minimum task is one. Uh, If you're a Luna, your job is to complete the task that moves the ball forward without fail. There is generally one small, simple task, like writing, painting, or sewing, that gets the most bang for your buck, and you're gonna do that thing every day. And then when the project is done, that thing is going to be marketing, right? Uh, If you're a Hermione, your job is to let the making, not the marketing and selling and fixing and perfecting and scaling, take center stage. Stick to that deadline you've created because you could easily take the next 17 years to make this thing more and more and more perfect before you release it. And remember, if you need, go back and listen to the podcast episode called Just Keep Shipping. It is my cure for Hermione-isms. 
Structure that doesn't suck supports your whole self by creating and then maintaining a Hermione or Luna hour, then helps you bring your next most important thing to light by giving it parameters in the real world. I hope this series has helped you sort through the overwhelming number of options available for everything, including your own work, in order to do the next right thing in the coming months. And again, I don't have any judgment about what that thing is. That is for you to decide. If the Structure That Doesn't Suck series has you feeling confused or frustrated or like, oh God, this only made it worse, I need help, or I can't figure this out, uh, or you now have an outline but you need help bringing it to life, um, you are a good candidate for business coaching, assuming that you have a business. Uh, KK on tap means that you will work with me for a full year and we will get this structure thing under control. KK on tap biz coaching program spots open in January. So go get on the wait list at kristenkelp.com slash tap. Uh, also, there are 35 new podcast episodes in 2019. If I helped you make more than $35 in your business this year, I want to support the ongoing work with a payment of $35 at kristenkelp.com slash podcast. And if you're like, what the ever loving fuck, why would I do that? What I'm playing with is an anti-capitalist model that says this is given and it's given freely, but if it helps you, kick some money back. And that's way less than I would be charging if I made you pay for it up front. Um, it's an experiment in, in giving and generosity and flow. It's an experiment in you assessing, like, how much have I listened to her? Have I enjoyed her? Has she helped me make money? Has she helped me make some peace with myself? If yes then you head to kristenkelp.com slash podcast and that helps me move to Portland, that helps me keep you know the lights on, that helps me keep making these things. Because the whole Structure That Doesn't Suck series took a shit ton of time and energy and it is not to promote any particular product or service. It is simply because it's something that you need. And with that in mind, I ask you to pay accordingly at kristenkelp.com slash podcast. And then finally, the softness sessions start in March, and you can pick them up at the early bird price of $88 through $1231.19. So as long as it's 2019, <coughs> excuse me, you can head to the soft.space and pick up the softness sessions to get started on learning breathwork. If you need me for any reason, including like, oh my God, I did a thing, I actually did a thing, and I want to tell you about the thing, k at kristenkelp.com or kristenkelp.com slash contact because I would love to hear about it. Now, from the time that this podcast goes up until the time the next podcast goes up, I will be moving to Portland. Um, so even if you can't afford any of those things, your just general like good thoughts and vibes um, and energetic high fives are very, very much appreciated. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for participating. Thank you for taking the time and the energy and the trust to go within yourself and do this particular work and then bring it to light. I would love to see what you're doing and how you're doing it. May you have a safe, restful, lovely rest of 2019. May 2020 find you rested, loved, and ready to kick some serious ass. May you know how deeply you are supported um, by so many people who love you. So many, including me. Um, may you tap into the softest, most alive and vital part of yourself 
in order to bring your next most important thing to light. And may you do it all with so much joy that it makes people wonder what your secret is. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you in 2020. Thank you for listening. One more time, The Antidote is a series of monthly gatherings to help you come back to your body, your being, and your breath when it's most likely that you'll self-abandon. The Antidote is the antidote to trying to do everything all alone, all by yourself, while you grow more stressed and you're generally freaking out and telling everyone you're fine while quietly or not so quietly, scream sobbing in a private place between tasks. Let's not do that. Let's try something different. This is a really simple format, one gathering a month on the first Tuesday of the month until the 2024 election. So we're practicing the skills that we will need in November now And we're getting really comfortable with body, breath, and being now. And that's available to you at jointheantidote.com. There's a free recording. You can sign up. You can get more details. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy.